Welcome to You Gotta Have Faith. What is faith? <clears throat> In Hebrews 11th chapter, first verse, the Apostle Paul writes, Faith is the substance in things hoped for and the evidence in things not seen. One playwright writes, it's believing you see white when your eyes tell you black. It's a belief where no one else believes. Dr. King says if you don't believe in something, you'll fall for anything. This is a podcast about faith. This is a Christian podcast where we share our faith and belief in God and also in mankind, the goodness and kindness in mankind. In today's world, we see lots of ugliness based on racism, misogyny, and age-old grudges. But there is goodness in all of us. There is goodness in this world. But it begins with our belief. you got to have faith. All right. All right. Good morning. Good morning. Today is uh, the 20th of July, July 20th, 19, uh, 2019. <laughs> you know, I was about to say July the 20th, 1969. Of course, it's the 50th anniversary of Neil Armstrong landing on the moon. Uh-huh. Yeah. One small step on. for man, one giant leap for mankind. But in any case, uh, yeah, Craig and I are here, and uh, we uh, we missed out a week. I, missed out uh, a week. Yeah, but that's okay. You were working hard. <laughs> I was working hard. That's right. That's exactly right. But it's uh, good to be back. It is good to be back. <clears throat> hey, why don't we start with a prayer, and then... Uh, yeah, and we'll jump right into it. Jump right into it. All righty. Yeah, we're going to jump into James 5. We're going to talk about uh, just um, loose tongues and just uh, words, mm-hmm. good words and bad words. In any case, before we jump into that... Uh, Here's, here's our prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much and we love you so much. We thank you for waking us up this wonderful Saturday morning, this chilly Saturday morning, at least here on the uh, West Coast. Uh, here on the East Coast, it's a bit of a, um, a heat wave going on. And we pray for everyone, that everyone is uh, safe, secure, and uh, comfortable. We pray that as we dive into your word once again, that you guide us and that you inspire us to learn what you have to teach to us that we learn to connect with one another, that we strengthen the bond that we as human beings have with each other. I may be of a different uh, pixelation. I may be of a different um, skin tone. I may sound different. I may act different. But I am a child of God, and I am a brother to, uh, to everyone uh, who I come across, and all of us are children of, the, of, the, of your holy name. And we pray that everything that we say, everything that we do, everything that we are will be touched by the love of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Beautiful, amen. man. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about all these people who are going to be boiling and scorching over the next few days. <laughs> Take care of yourself. We're, we're very fortunate here to have like a, a somewhat moderate climate. But, uh, right, exactly. I read in the newspapers that, you know, the heat waves and people, well, you're from Texas, so, you know, you've had to go through it. Yeah, there's no pity there. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. But, you know, there, there are other things. There's been things going on in our minds. Um, and we try not to dive too much into politics, although, you know, politics increasingly has become a part, almost in, right in our face, a part of our lives. Yeah. And this week... What should have been, you know, uh, uh, just a regular week, unfortunately, um, a lot of racism and a lot of hatred has come into the forefront, um, specifically uh, the words of the president, Donald Trump. Yep. Um, and his supporters who stand silently by and yeah, and uh, allow this kind of rhetoric. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I, I feel the need, and I think a lot of, and we'll put examples of, of spiritual leaders in, in, mm-hmm. in our in our time right now, who are standing up to, and I feel the need to join with them and say, you know, exactly call it for what it is, you know, and um, and try and urge once again, you know, as much as we can, you know, to follow the conscription that uh, Jesus Christ, you know, tried to express mm-hmm. to us, which is love thy neighbor. That's right. Love thy neighbor. And, mm-hmm. uh Anyway, um, you want to share a speech that was given by the the chaplain, and I think we should pop that in now and and uh, then move on to the scripture. Absolutely, absolutely. There are lo- there have been a lot of folks who have had uh, immediate reactions to uh, what's been going on. Um, you know, I listened to a, uh, a podcast. ESPN has their own radio podcast, and you know, I'm thinking I'm listening to sports. This has nothing to do with politics. But Dan Levitard, who is a Latino, Cuban, American, he even had something to say about it. It sort of shows how, you know, when you when you have words of hate, how it affects everyone. 
and uh, even you know from all walks of life, uh, people have something to say about it. And that includes the House Chaplain Pat Conroy on July the 18th, only two days ago. And he is a bipartisan minister who usually gives a uh, who gives a prayer every morning before Congress convenes. And he was greatly disturbed by um, the words of the president. He doesn't mention the president by name. And here was his prayer. I'm going to play it right now. This has been a difficult and contentious week in which darker spirits seem to have been at play in the people's house. In your most holy name, I now cast out all spirits of darkness from this chamber, spirits not from you. I cast out the spirit of discouragement, which deadens the hope of those who are of goodwill. I cast out the spirit of petty divisiveness, which clouds the sense and the desire to be of fruitful productivity in addressing the issues more appropriately before this House. I cast out any sadness brought on by the frustration of dealing with matters detrimental to the honorable work each member has been called to engage in. And that's it. Hey, you know, it's uh, it's powerful stuff, really, when you put it in context of, of what's happening here, mm -hmm. don't you think? Absolutely, absolutely. I, I wanted to read a quick letter that sure. uh, um, our bishop uh, um, here in California, our Episcopal uh, diocese, mm -hmm. Bishop Mark, um, uh, the Right Reverend Mark Hanley Andrus, Mm -hmm. bishop, our bishop of California. Yeah, um, he posted this on July 16th, just a few days ago, and I, and I I'll, I'll read it because it's really brief. It goes, like so many people in the United States around the world, I'm sickened and deeply distraught by the destructive, dehumanizing language of the president of the United States has unleashed against four members of Congress over the last few days. As bishop of the Episcopal Diocese of California and as a Christian, I cannot be silent on this matter. The president's tweets were blatantly xenophobic tinged with racism and designed to fuel further discord in an already divided nation. And although some continue to dismiss the president's words as mere political posturing, refusing to recognize those words for what they are, hate speech, it comes with dire implications for the health of our nation and the integrity of the ideas, ideals for which it stands. And he quotes uh, uh, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. from a sermon, I guess, he, or uh, called The Strength to Love, from 1963, and this is a portion of that. And quoting uh, Dr. King, hate multiplies hate, violence multiplies violence, and toughness multiplies toughness. In a descending spiral of destruction, the chain reaction of evil, hate begetting hate, wars producing more wars must be broken, or we should be plunged into the dark abyss of annihilation. And then he goes on briefly. In the shadow of our president's words have cast, I call upon all people of faith and goodwill to denounce them. Let us instead recommit ourselves to nonviolence in our hearts and our minds and our actions and the work of reconciliation that restores the beloved community. May we all redouble our efforts to speak with love and with respect for the dignity of all people. And he says, Savior Christ, grant us grace fearlessly to contend against evil and to make no peace with oppression and that we may reverently use our freedom to help us employ and Employ it in the maintenance of justice in our communities among and among the nations. Give us courage to stand against all that divides, degrades, and dominates any and all of your children to the glory of your name. Wow. And very, very powerful. Well, you know, yeah. And he, you know, while the, the, the house chaplain kind of just mm -hmm. says, tries to kind of like just perform a general exorcism on, on you know, sure, on, sure. On, on just evil thoughts and words here. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't think uh, uh, Bishop Mark uh, minces words too much. Yeah, and of course the, the Congress, I was explaining a little off mic that the chaplain <coughs> has to be bipartisan or else the Republicans can accuse him of um, being partisan and trying to influence, you know, members of Congress, that sort of stuff. Um, but clearly everyone has something to say about you know, the, the hatred, the rhetoric, and the words. And not so surprisingly, the Bible has something to say about it as well. And I wanted to share with you James 3, which uh, surprisingly talks about, um, I guess, the uh, best way I can say it, loose words. So let me read to you briefly James 3. I'll begin um, 
I'll begin in verse 3, James 3, verse 3. This is the NIV version. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by small winds, they are steered by a very small rudder whenever the pilot wants to go, wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among parts of the body. It corrupts the body whole, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of birds, animals, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praises and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. It goes on and on and on. That's a lot of imagery, isn't it? It is. But he's clearly saying, listen, you know, we have a mouth, and we can do great, wonderful things with it, and we can do horrible things with it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what we're experiencing right now. And it's, you know, it's something that uh, feels debilitating to a lot of, uh, I think, people of goodwill. Yeah. I mean, Christ said, turn the other cheek. but, But then there's also, I think, you know, we're dealing, like you said uh, earlier, we're dealing with bullies. Yep. We're dealing with bullies. And um, I personally feel, you know, just from experience mm-hmm. and, you know, just from the own, my own uh, guilt mm-hmm. and of, you know, having my tongue set on fire with evil words. Sure. You sure. know, which I am way guilty of, mm-hmm. is that. Uh, one of the things that you need to realize, and it's hard to, when you, you're the recipient of a mm-hmm. tongue lashing or you're yeah. the recipient of oppression, yeah. is that it hurts the oppressor just as much. It confuses and just as much. Uh, evil begets evil. Uh, it, you know, it makes, it makes, you know, even though you may the, be the recipient mm-hmm. of, the, of, of, this, of this oppression, yeah. the oppressor doesn't get off on this. Mm-hmm. You know that that evil sits within them. That confusion sits with them because you know people know what's right. Sure. You know even when they're not doing it. Yeah. You know they they sense what's right. Mm-hmm. And when they sense you know aggression, mm-hmm. whether it's coming from them or they're on the receiving of it, everybody everybody falls down there. Yeah. And uh, I guess I guess what I w- what I would like to do is 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 help people who are at that point. You know, understand that, you know, if you want peace, you have to make it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you have to make it. Um, and it has to start somewhere. Yeah, the, the unfortunate thing, I have, I have a lot of thoughts about this as well. Uh, I've, been, I've been guilty as well, especially being in junior high school, of being sort of not necessarily a bully, but sort of getting off of sort of, you know, we used to call it in, in grade school, joning or dissing someone. Oh, yeah. Um, and I remember, um, I don't know if Eugene Bailey is listening, but uh, I remember poor <laughs> Eugene Bailey. Uh, there was a magazine, and it had, um, I think, a transgendered person. And I was like, oh, Gene, this, here's your mom. Look, look, look right there. And the whole, uh, the whole classroom just busted out laughing. Of course, we were all junior high school students. I think we were all in, like, the seventh, eighth grade. And um, the crestfallen look on his face was just heartbreaking, and I never forgot that. And, of course, I've been on the receiving end. And it's one of the things about bullies is that you're absolutely right. You know, they're, he, they're feeling the pain themselves, although they may not realize it. Um, they – go ahead. Does it? Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it, it you know, doesn't happen right away, but, you know, it, it's concentrated. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Go on. Yeah. No, uh, what I was going to say is a lot of times, especially when you're young – if you are being, are around, let's say, a dysfunctional family, or you hear people use hate um, for their advantage, then sometimes you interpret that. You, you, and especially if you're the recipient of it, 
you want to spew it out as well. You want to have you want to obtain that power too. You may hate the oppressor, but you enjoy the power the oppressor has, and you want to sometimes be the oppressor. Yeah. Um, I told you about that. Earth, when, uh, not the Earth, uh, the uh, Isley Brothers quote, when I don't have the strength, I'm just a mirror of what I see. I'm just a mirror. I do the same thing that, you know, other people do. And we see it in relationships all the time. You know, let's say your partner calls you a butthole. You're like, well, you're a butthole, too. <laughs> and you just parrot this, the very same thing without realizing that it doesn't really help anything. It doesn't really help anyone. When Trump makes his statement about um, Representative Omar, Representative Omar didn't do anything to Trump. But he's simply spewing what he thinks is going to get a good reaction. I mean, that's why the bully says what they say in junior high school to get that crowd reaction. Hey, I said something funny. I made fun of that person. Now, you know, give me the, the instant satisfaction. Sometimes you get it. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes the world says, hey, that's not funny. Yeah. That's well, not cool. Well, we have, we, you know, I think. Part of, part of the reason why I kind of identify with the Christian message. Yeah. And, you know. People can disagree and agree or whatever and say, like, you know, hey, you know, you got it half right or you got it all wrong. You got it. But, you know, I mean, there's plenty of examples, in, you know, of, of God in the Old Testament. And you can say this, uh, you know, with a certain kind of, I guess, objectivity is that, well, you know, look at Noah and the flood and all this stuff. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, God was showing that, you know, in order to create something, I have to destroy something. And I think that's what a lot of people think when they wouldn't want change. When they people do disagree with them, they feel as though they have to tear them down in order to create, you know, um, in order to create something new. Mm -hmm. They have to destroy what's there. Yeah, you know, I have to take out the bad or what I see as the bad in order to put in something that I like better. You know, an idea or a people mm -hmm. or a nation or a, or whatever. Yeah, you know, um, and. Um, and I and I just feel like in in terms of the Christ story, that kind of turned it up on its head. I mean, really, kind of said, "No, that's not how we're going to work it." Anymore. Yeah, you got it all wrong now. Right. Um, you have to create in spite of destruction, mm -hmm. instead of destroying something. You need to build, you know, mm -hmm. without having to wipe out. You know, yeah. you know, you need to uplift your brother, yeah, and your sisters, even. Especially when they can't lift up themselves, and do not, mm -hmm. do not ever turn your back on them. Now you here's the, now here's the thing, because you've talked about what we need to do to bring each other together and to uplift each other. You realize there are people who are not interested in that at all. I know well, it's hard, especially yeah. if you've kind of like been beaten down. Yeah, with this rhetoric. I mean, yeah, it's exhausting to me to hear it. It just it it breaks your heart. Yeah, you know to hear it. Yeah. And even if Trump flip flops or decant, you know, you know, says mm -hmm. like, "Well, I didn't mean it yesterday, but now I mean it." Oh, whatever, you know. The whole point of mm -hmm. it was, you know, a way of destroying someone else's integrity, yeah. dehumanizing them, mm -hmm. in order to make others feel like, "Hey, you know, you're weak too. I can take you out too." Yeah, and that's a reaction, you mm -hmm. know, that's kind of like scary to and a lot, you know, yeah. to a lot of folks. Like, what do you do? How do you handle that? How do you handle not making peace with oppression, but trying to have courage and strength, mm -hmm. you know, to, <laughs> to not be a victim of it yeah. as well. Yeah. I would say if there were, I mean, not that we're teachers, we don't give lessons, but if there's a lesson that I myself would learn, there's a lesson to learn if you are being oppressed, if you are the, the Omar um, of, of the world, let's say a minority, um, there's something to learn, and there's also something to learn if you are the oppressor, if you are the one sort of spewing out this, this a hatred and anger mm -hmm. for a quick fix, satisfaction, whatever that satisfaction may be, whatever. Self-righteousness. Yeah, self-righteousness or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think back only because that's just where my mind is to the black history movement. You talk about Dr. King. You know, right around the time that Dr. King gave that speech in 1963, there was also Malcolm X. Mm -hmm. And Malcolm X, unfortunately, um, was absorbed by hatred, um, at least at one point. You know, he and his um, the Nation of Islam hated white people, all white people, mm -hmm. not just the oppressors, but anyone who had the pigmentation 
of light skin. Well, I think, you know, especially after the death of the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. by a white man. Yeah. Uh, and then the riots that ensued. Sure. After that, uh, you know, there was, there was there was objectively, you know, w- you know, like real reasons why, mm-hmm. you know, I think people of color could not trust, did not like, did not want to even start to yeah. to care, you know, for, yeah. for, for anyone. Yeah. You know, and that, it's unfortunate. That, that represented that, yeah. you know, that kind of like culture. And it's unfortunate because King, especially in his March on Washington, he talked about having a dream mm-hmm. where black boys and black girls will hold hands with white girls and white boys and walk together in a nation of brotherhood. And I talk about my Malcolm X because Malcolm X had to realize, of course, during the end of Malcolm X's life, he was assassinated in 1965, he realized that he was wrong. He realized that the hatred and the anger that absorbed him um, was counterproductive. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't getting the result. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we talked about, you know, you talked about the, you know, the moon landing is 50 years. Sure. It's also 50 years since the 1969 assassination. 68, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's like, you know, we kind of, we want to feel like we've progressed. Mm-hmm. And so what, you know, this rhetoric, this divisive, dividing mm-hmm. rhetoric, and especially now also the way, you know, that everybody's, you know, trying to cover up the treatment of, uh, of immigrants, you know, seeking asylum in this country and the, and the mistreatment of them. And, yeah, yeah. You know. Pointing fingers all over the place about who's to blame, but still, mm-hmm. you know, it's the treatment of them that is just dehumanizing. You know what I found fascinating? Uh, so, yeah, so this week, uh, my Vice President Pence uh, had went to one of the uh, the locations and uh, saw just a- atrocious living arrangements that um, the adults were living in. And some of the kids oh, yeah. uh, who are, you know, um, who are or who are, were seized by ICE. I was amazed by the callousness of Pence. You know, he talked about it. Oh, this is deplorable. This is horrible. But, you know, those are just empty words. And he just went on and about his business because he can't really talk about something that Trump's own administration, which Pence is a part of. They created it. They made it that way. They they created the zero tolerance policy, which put pretty much every Latino, whether you're a legal immigrant or illegal immigrant, on point, and it's almost like uh, you know apartheid. It's like, well, you know, let me see your card to make sure that you are legal or illegal. You had talked about uh, Kellyanne Conway in an interview, oh, yeah. telling telling a reporter, well, you know, where where are you from? <laughs> yeah. Like we should all identify with our own ethnicity as, as quickly as possible in these times when right, exactly. people are pointing fingers. It, you know, it's astounding, really. Yeah, it's and astounding. There was a store owner. Uh, I was reading some of the news, and just to show you how powerful words are. Someone says, well, the president made made a statement, and what's the big deal? But people parrot those words. There was a store clerk owner who um, had accosted uh, Latino customers and was saying, well, are you you from this country? Are you illegal? Are you illegal? Well, I'm going to call ICE. And it was unprovoked. It was was unprovocated. I mean, they, they didn't do anything. And but why would he have the power to do it? Because the president said it. It's really hard, you know, when you're being provoked to fear mm-hmm. for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. To not feel unsteady. Yeah. To not feel, even though you don't believe in those things, perhaps. Yeah. To feel, it's really hard to feel powerful mm-hmm. and to feel like you can, you can get beyond this. Yeah. You know, that's what that's what the message of I'm getting from you know the the two quotes that we started with. Yeah. Today I, is is mm-hmm. is like. You know, we've got to dig in yeah. and reach for that power because these people, you know, they're not they're not going to they're not going to go that way. Yeah, they're not going to go that way unless you stand up and with strength and love mm-hmm. and, and and try and live your life. You yeah. know, in, in a way in which, you know, those actions, those words mean something in, 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 a, in, a, in a loving context. In a dignified context, there's really respect for other people. Yeah, yeah. You have to show it. I mean, it has to. It has to be created mm-hmm. from somewhere. Yeah. And, and it doesn't mean you have to be destroyed. Yeah. That's what I like about the Christian message is that you don't have to destroy to create. Exactly. A lot of artists feel like you do. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have to like trash everything and then start all over. Oh, sure. You know, a lot of people feel that way too. But you know, 
to me the mm-hmm. the message I you know I, I keep trying to dig in and and kind of br- evoke and bring out is like you have to create the love. Mm-hmm. You have to create the love, and it doesn't mean you have to be destroyed. Right, exactly. It doesn't mean your enemy has to be destroyed. Yeah. I think it was – I didn't know. I, I was, like, mm-hmm. you know, telling you about, you know, like before. I'm not sure if Dr. Keem said this or maybe said something like it or where this quote comes from. He said, Christ told me I have to love my enemies. But he never said I have to like them. <laughs> <laughs> There's no mention of liking it. Mm. I have to love them. Yeah. I have to be, you know, loving and kind. And, yeah. You know, and find goodness in spite of them. Sure. But it doesn't mean I have to sit by and go like that's okay. Right. You know. And you know, I think, um, and it's the toughest thing. And we've talked about this. We've talked about forgiveness. You know, I'm still on the fence as far as forgiving someone who doesn't even ask for forgiveness. Stop. Who's um, <laughs> not even seeking it? Not exactly, and it's something that I'm still on the fence. I'd rather give forgiveness for someone who actually asks for forgiveness. I think people yearn for forgiveness, whether they can ask for it or not. I know in my case, mm-hmm. I've wanted forgiveness, even even if I could not, and even if I felt like ashamed of myself or self righteous or whatever, and said like I don't deserve it, mm-hmm. or, or I don't even need it. Yeah, you know, it's. I know the the person who needs forgiveness the most is you know it, it, it's harder it's harder for them than it is for you to go like hey you know it's cool I forgive you I don't dig what you did <laughs> but I, but I, yeah. I love you and care for you enough to go like I'm beyond this yeah. with you yeah you know? yeah I think um, when I think about individuals who who use their words destructively and they, they maybe in in the inside they want forgiveness but they don't ask for forgiveness. There's a wonderful quote by uh, James, and I'll just throw this out here, which talks about judgment. A lot of people who do throw out disparaging things, they're basically judging people. Mm-hmm. They're judging people by how, the way they look, the way they act, where they think they are or whatever. They're, putting, they're, they're casting themselves as the judge. And James, in the very next chapter, we talked about James 3. James 4.11 says, Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The ones who speak against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. And it goes on. But basically, we we have no right to be a judge of other people. Well, that's not your job. Right. I mean, there are judges. And we respect them and we hold them mm-hmm. uh, to, well, we hope to hold them. To uh, an accountability, right? You know, bec- and they are there because you're not there. They're qualified, mm-hmm. <laughs> hopefully qualified. Yeah. To, but God says over and over, "That's not your job. That's my job." Right. It's not your job. You you know you should feel free mm-hmm. that you don't have that obligation. Right. You know, and in a way, you know, people have told me from time to time, "You're you know you're judgy, Craig. You're so you know." Mm-hmm. And that sounds judgy to me, dude. Yeah, and uh, and I've had to like dig in and go like, okay, let's see which is fitting and which is not. And then I have to like say to myself, you know, either you're right, I shouldn't be doing that, or hey, listen, I'm not because I don't do that. I'm yeah. not doing that. Right, and you know, it's, not my, it's not my job. I've had to kind of really, mm-hmm. you know, kind of kind of learn that, you know, that it's not, you know, it's something, and it's very freeing in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, once you realize that, you know, then it's like, hey, man, it's not my job. Exactly. <laughs> my job's not job. I'm not getting paid to do that. <laughs> I mean, if there's one thing the New Testament emphasizes is that God has made us into, you know, we are what are God's creation. You know, um, I can't. There used to be a time I used to hit, beat myself up because I'm short. I'm five feet seven. Oh or, um, you know, an interracial dating. You know, someone's like, well, I really don't date black men. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, damn it. You know, why? And, and. Or my voice is, you know, this way or that way. And I had to realize, especially, and especially going into the Bible, especially doing this faith podcast and just being older. Hey, listen, you are what God made you to be. If you're Muslim, Christian, agnostic, atheist, if you're black, white, Latino, if you're gay, straight, you are what God made you to be. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. And if someone says that there's something wrong with you, then they are, they are judging you. And they have no right to do that. And, you know, I think there's a quote, uh, judging not, at least ye should be judged. Well, you know, and, and, and I understand that we're a nation and we're, and even in religion, it's a, yeah. a lot of people feel like we're a nation of laws. We're a religion of laws. Mm-hmm. But I think most important and beyond that is we're, you know, we're a nation of people. Yep. And, 
and we need to love each other and love ourselves mm-hmm. as best we can. Yes. Um, all the time, especially when people want to judge you, mm-hmm. you know, and want you to, you know, step into that role. I think, you know, those chants, you know, yeah. you know that, that, that we've heard all this week really, you know, just frighten a yeah. lot of people. Yeah. And uh, I, w- I would and like, it, I would you like, know, I would like, you know, mm-hmm. so much to w- wish they just got bleeped out. You know, mm-hmm. and, and the odd thing about it was, the, you know, the, all four of the um, the uh, there's Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, there's Omar, and there are the two other women. I don't remember their names. They're born in America. Uh, I think one was is not, but they're all American citizens. So. Everybody what their right to be here. Right, right, exactly. And I talked a little bit off mic, and I know I'm jumping into American history, about the politics of, of fear. So basically, I mean, the to basically Trump is doing this to get elected. I mean, you know, next year is an election year, and there are already presidential debates going on. Um, but if you go back to the midterm elections of 1950, that was when uh, Joseph McCarthy and also Richard Nixon became senators. And they became senators using what was new at the time, the politics of fear. And it was about the Red Scare. You know, McCarthy had his list. There's a list of communists in Congress right now. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the list was completely fake. But it didn't matter. It was all about getting a reaction. Mm -hmm. Nixon called Helen Hagen Douglas, you know, the the pink lady, pink down to her underwear. And Hagen Douglas gave him the moniker Tricky Dick. (laughs) But it worked. He got elected. And two years later, he became the vice president. You know, unfortunately, the politics of fear works, and it's a playbook that uh, I don't want to say just Republicans, but, you know, there's some Democrats who use it as well. And it's unfortunate and it's very, very hateful. Well, you know, there's enough finger pointing. Yeah. You know, that were, you know to where you can just keep blaming and blaming and blaming everyone. But mm-hmm. I think I think people are just getting really tired of it. Yeah. The fact that pres- uh, the president is, you know, di- you know, diminishing people of color, and I think uh, – that's pretty much obvious, mm-hmm. but what's what's really, really kind of you know just also insidious mm-hmm. is that he's picking on young women. Yeah, young, which, young, which, which, young, which adds misogyny young, young to women. it. Yeah, um, as if you know his years of being an old white guy mm-hmm. give him some kind of authority to do that. Yeah, and I think that mirrors what a lot of. Um, you know these old white guys in office think like, oh, I, yeah, I think so too. But I'm glad I don't have to say it. But I'll certainly allow this person to say it. And uh, and I think you know, especially in these times in the Me Too and sure. and, and and you know the kind of the kind of attention that's being taken towards you know the prevailing attitudes uh, and uh, also the actions. Yeah. Of you know, well, I dare say it. Older white guys. Sure. Um, I think. I think. Pretty much, uh, most people in this country have said, "Like, we've had enough of this." Yeah. We've had enough of this. Just like you know, the, in you know, in the fifties and the sixties, where it was like the, the the kind of desegregation that needed to happen. All right. You know, you know for mm-hmm. for equal rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this kind of stuff, people can't stand anymore. It's it's painful. It's wrong. Yeah. And. And it does nothing but strike fear, and and to treat somebody with such indignity mm-hmm. hurts everybody. Yeah, every single person. And and the least we can do mm-hmm. is respect each other. That's the very least. I mean, these young women stood up and said they don't like policies, mm-hmm. specific policies. They didn't say they don't like specific people. Sure, and they, they never said they hated America. And they never said like your beliefs. Are, don't matter. They right. said, like, we recognize your beliefs. We disagree with them. Sure. You know, there's there's a way in which we can talk to one another about the things we don't agree with. Right. Which doesn't diminish the other person. Right. There are ways to do that. Yeah. I mean, you know, there, there is a stench of uh, misogyny in Trump's statements. You, you, you brought it just right, you know, attacking women. And in the shadow of the Jeffrey Epstein thing, which is a, still a brick in the air. Yeah. Um, but... It's a way of saying, hey, shut your mouth. You know, we don't want to talk about these things. Just, you know, just shut your mouth and let us deal with it. You know, we're the, we're the you know, I've said it, you know, Trump is sort of a very paternal figure. And there are people who recognize, who acknowledge because they want to 
well, Daddy said this, so we, let's just keep quiet. It's like you're at the dinner table, you know, and Dad is like, hey, listen, we're the adults here. Mm-hmm. Keep your mouth shut and just obey Dad, even if you don't agree. Yeah. Obey him and just be obedient. He's the dad. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, just like the, the people talk about, oh, well, we don't agree with them, but it's the office that we respect. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I roll that, yeah. You I roll that. But one thing you said earlier is, like, this is not just a dog whistle. It's a full-out whistle. That's right. And and it's almost as if, you know, you would think the emperor has no clothes. But the thing is, is, like, there's a – he's saying what a lot of people are being quiet about who really, you know, would love to just, like, join into this kind of chorus of hateful rhetoric. Yeah. It's it's a fascinating civics lesson. I mean, Donald Trump – we, I talk about the proverbial third rail. Donald Trump steps on that third rail as if he's nothing. I mean, he's like, listen, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. You know, are you going to – Is any? am I going to get any blowback by it? Probably really not. And it's up to us. That's why we have the chaplain making his statement. That's why we have Dan Levitard, who's supposed to be doing a sports thing. And, of course, Disney wants him to keep his mouth shut. <laughs> and he's like, nope, I'm going to talk. Um, and that's why you and I are talking about this because we're not going to allow this to happen. We're going to – if Donald Trump is going to step on the third row, he needs to feel the pain. And people who practice in rhetoric of hatred, they need to feel the pain. They need to feel the consequences. You know, when a bully in junior high school, you know, makes a disparaging remark to someone who's either fat or, you know, whatever it is, they need to feel the punishment. Well, they need to understand the, you know, full description of their actions. Yeah. You know? They need to be shamed. Go ahead. <laughs> well. I don't know about that. Again, we're getting into judgment here. That's the tough oh, part. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's not our job. The, you know what? Very, 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 very true. I'm, that's what I'm saying. Is it, it's exhausting because, you know, where do you start? Yeah. Where do you start in the, in, in the midst of this, you know, mm-hmm. going like, yeah, you should be shamed, but I, I, oh, I got to care yeah. for you. I got to care for you. I got to yeah. care for even you. Well, let me ask you this. Yeah. Is it is it is it judgment to say, listen, your words hurt me? No. No, mm-hmm. that's what I mean. I think right. that's what Bishop Bishop Mark says. And we say it every week in our in our in our Eucharistic rite. We yeah. say, "Let us go forth and do good works and make no peace with oppression." There make we go. No, it doesn't mean you fall on the ground and be a doormat. Mm-hmm. It's there's a there's a big difference between doing that mm-hmm. and and uh, you know falling mm-hmm. on the ground and being a doormat mm-hmm. then standing up and you know for what you feel is right and saying what you feel is right and there's a big difference between that and saying oh you got to learn a lesson now yeah you know yeah. Uh, you know uh, it's but how do you how do you make your way through that so many people that I know they've been dealing with the, the stuff going on you sure. know, this, this last week and you know weeks prior yeah you know Watching these poor children, you know, separated, yeah, you know, yeah. you know, like infants, and yeah. and watching you know men and women herded together in warehouses, yeah. that, you know, you know, are, are filled to the brim without mm-hmm. any kind of relief or hope, yeah. And uh, you, you kind of say to yourself, you know, you're watching it, and you're not feeling it, but you're, you know, you're empathizing with, it, and then you say to yourself, like, where do I begin? Yeah. How do I begin? Yeah. You know, and uh, that's what you know. That's and and you feel dehumanize yourself and you feel like zapped of energy or inspiration and so sure. i guess that's why we turn to you know mm-hmm. our belief our faith or you know mm-hmm. you know to say like hey there's got to be something here yeah that's not going to harm you know people further right i need to get some meat on these you know yeah. on these words and i need to kind of get some action going Absolutely, and that, I think that's the most important thing. There are a lot of individuals who are recipients of hateful words, and they sort of cower. They sort of, you know, just bury themselves. It's like, well, let me just put on my hearf- hear- headphones, earphones, and just blot it out and just go on with my life, which sort of enables the oppressor. It's like, well, yes, I got you to shut up. Yeah. I, I, I achieved what I wanted to do, and I would encourage you can speak up. You don't have to judge, but you can speak up and say, listen, I'm going to live my life. I'm not going to let you stop me from what I'm doing. Uh, and it's just, you know, the message of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. You know, I see her tweets all the time. And she's like, hey, listen, you can say whatever you want to say. And remember, she's 28 years old. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing what she's been able to do and the, um, the burden that's on her. 
at 28 years old. A year ago, she was uh, a um, waiting tables. She was a waitress, for God's sake. Yeah. And all of a sudden, she was like, you know what? I want to run for Congress, and boom, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and she did it, and now she is absorbing, you know, all of this stuff. She's getting a lot of encouragement, but, you know, she gets a lot of, you know, hateful stuff as well. Oh, my goodness. But she, she bears it so well. She carries that cross. Well, there's a, yeah, there's a certain dignity about yeah. her, you know, which you you got to respect. Yes. You know, I mean, I think she said it quite plainly this week, you know, this this president needs to understand the toxic environment that he's 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 creating here. Yeah, he's responsible. Sure, he's responsible for that. It doesn't mean you know you judge people, but you you know you you say like, okay, you did this. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever you deserve, it will happen. But you're going to be accountable. And I think you know we need to feel that way. You know, with lots of people, we have difficulties within our life. Hey, mm-hmm. somebody. Somebody did something wrong. Somebody took something from you that yeah. wasn't theirs. Yeah. You can't you, you can say to them quite plainly, hey, it's not about who you are. You know, it's mm-hmm. not about, you know, your past. It's not about, you know, the color of your skin. Mm-hmm. It's about it's about respect. Yep. And maybe you don't know this, but when you do things that are bad, mm-hmm. when you know they're wrong, yeah. And you do them anyway. Yeah. It's what goes around comes around. It, do, it doesn't mean I'm going to give it to you. Yeah. But you got to understand, you know, you take something, mm-hmm. you dignity or respect from someone else. Yeah. It's going to get taken from you. Things are temporary in this world. Absolutely. Even hate. Yeah. Even hate. And although it's kind of here we are, you know, 50 years later, we're selling these 50th anniversaries of things. And, yeah. uh, and, and a lot of people say, like, it feels like we've done, you know. Yeah. And just tread water. Yeah. A lot is going on. And when you watch these, you know, these hor- horrific images of people crowded in, the, mm-hmm. you know, in cells. Yeah. For no wrongdoing of their own other than trying to seek some kind of refuge. Absolutely. And, and dignity, mm-hmm. you know, and, and run from the evil in their own sure. countries. Or you hear these, you know, what I think are deluded people chanting. You know, whatever kind of fear mongering rhetoric they yeah, can. Yeah. You got to understand that in this day and age, we see more, mm-hmm. but it doesn't necessarily mean that, that that's all it's that's all there is. It feels pervasive. Yeah. But you got to understand, there's these are glimpses of things that we probably never even saw before. Yeah. That just kind of existed in yeah. kind of a. You know, kind of like a hush-hush kind of vacuum. I, I, I honestly you know? believe that we – it's – of course, the noisiest people are going to be heard. That's and right. it may feel like That's it's right. the majority. Yeah. And I, I truly do not believe that. I, I believe that this is the nation that elected Obama, you know, two times. Uh, I believe that uh, we are far more liberal and we're far more uh, – what's the word? Homogenous. I mean, we're, we are – there's so many different people of different cultures um, – now in in 2019 here in America and some people are like hey this is fantastic we embrace it some are like oh my god you know the the country looks so different and who are these people living next to me and around me and who are these people I'm working with uh, they, they, their culture is just so different you know they they cringe towards it which is unfortunate um, but I believe that this hatred that we are seeing is a minority I, I think that these are just minority people who are you know, in the minute you do something horrendous, it becomes front page news. Um, and I don't think that we should hide it. I mean, I think that if you do something bad, you know, you need to be exposed. Well, you know, no, I, I believe so, too. But it's just, you know, what I feel is, though, what, and I don't know why this is happening, is that, you know, you say, you know, oh, here's this person, you know, uh, you know, who's different from me, mm-hmm. you know, and suddenly they're thrust into my uh, – in my in my world or in my community sure. or in my little realm, sure. And uh, and brothers and sisters, they've been there all the time. Yep. Um, it's just the, the 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 magic of the you know what I think is the the way that you know everybody um, mm-hmm. communicates with one another these days is that we see more, yeah, much much more, yeah. And you know, the powers that be, the people who want to control or who are afraid of others. Want us to kind of get smaller and smaller. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're rural, well, I'm urban. Or you're black, and I'm white. Or you're in my tribe of friends, 
you know, and this is my tribe, and I'm keeping it that way. Yeah. You know, you know, your family, you're not. You know, right, right, right. The, the people want us to start drawing all these fences all over the place. This whole fence thing mm-hmm. is a metaphor for how, you know, how, you know, the the people in power want us to be controlled. They want us to be controlled mm-hmm. by a fear. Of of differences, yeah, between each other, and by the way, like because you know, hey, otherwise, how else are they going to be controlled? Mm-hmm. How else are we going to, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and they'll, and they'll, you know, and what I hope to see is that you know people are going to you know start seeing it for what it is. Yeah, is that these these brothers and sisters who I don't know, who I you know maybe you know don't understand, who I fear or who mm-hmm. I you know don't relate to. Yeah, they didn't just show up here; they've always been here. Yep. yep. It's just that now we get to see each other. Yep. You know, and in, and a lot of times, and in my experience, diversity has always been enriching. It has. It doesn't mean you know what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's kind of like, oh, I don't know what's, I don't know how this is going to work yeah. out. And sometimes it can be very tough. I mean, I work in the DA's office, and you know, we focus on diversity and diversity in hiring. And I've worked with so many people from different backgrounds, and. On paper, it's a wonderful thing, but you do have to work with one another, and sometimes you have to be um, what, what do you call it? Um, you have to, some, you know, like let's say I have a work ethic, and let's say I have a way of approaching things and doing things. Someone from a different ethnicity or background or community may approach things very, very differently, and I have to understand and adapt to that, or have them adapt to me. It's like, hey, listen, this is the way I do things, and this is the way I communicate. Let's see if we can find some common ground. It's, it's, you know, communication is a difficult thing. You know, you think it's easy to communicate with someone who's from your same tribe. It's like you talk to your drinking buddy or your buddy who you go to baseball games or football games with. It's like, oh, it's easy. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, now i got to talk to this person who is from, oh, I don't know, um, Mexico yeah. or from the Ukraine <laughs> or from Africa. Well, I don't know where they're from, and I don't even know what to talk about or whatever. Yes, it's difficult, but it's not impossible. You can still do it, and you can be enriched by it. Yeah, a lot of people feel hurt, too, and, they, you know, and like mistrustful, mm-hmm. uh, you know, simply because they've been hurt, mm-hmm. you know, and feel like, well, I'm, I'm just going to keep with my, my tribe. Just, sure. You know, they call it tribe. But, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Or, or just like, you know, suddenly they'll 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 feel like they can't trust someone, they'll say, like, okay, I'm inviting you into my tribe. I mean, like, it's this big deal. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and it's just, you know, it, it, it's a way of just, like, ignoring the situation. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, we've got to make steps towards opening and expansion, expanding, mm-hmm. you know, our uh, – expanding our tribe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, we can't just kind of just get rid of – you know the people you know that aren't really satisfying us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or just get rid of the people. You know, say we want new people. We want a, we want a, we want a new kind of culture. We want a new kind of identity. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you need to do that by expanding, and that means bring opening the tent yeah. to others. This whole refugee thing is like. I mean, we can bring up big biblical verses about like. Oh sure. You know, all, you know, all the the Lord commanded us to take care of. Of refugees, yeah, to invite them in, yeah. to take care of them, to love them. Yeah, you know, there's. I mean, I could, I could find you know mm-hmm. chapter and verse, but you know, just trust me, it's there. I'm not, and I'm not trying to be teachy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, no, pre- no. Preachy about it, but it's just like I guess I am being preachy. About it. <laughs> it's but, okay. uh, you know, yeah. But, but we've been commanded to uh, mm-hmm. to care for these people. Yeah, and the thing is, with social media and the internet and uh, just. I mean, even with, you know, like apps like Uber and, and, and all these other things, we're, we're going to be connecting with people who are different more and more and more. You know, you go into a job interview and all of a sudden you work in a job environment and you're going to be working with new people. So if you think that you can keep within, within your own tribe, within your own community, and it will always be that way, you're sadly mistaken. You're going to be connecting with different people and they have a right to be where they are. You know, they have a right to share this space with you and you can either cringe towards it and you can be a part of the uh, the Trump rally to say you know get them out and all that sort of stuff or you can embrace change you can embrace new people and new environments and a new way of thinking about things you know some you know you may have a 
a daughter or a son who's going to bring in a boyfriend or a girlfriend who's completely different. Or let's say if you're a child and, you know, mom and dad is like, hey, listen, you know, here's a new person in our lives and they're different. It, it, it's, it's bound to happen. You can either you have a choice. It's binary. You can either accept that person or you can live in your own little box, which is a very lonely box. Hey. constructed by racism and whatever it is. Well, I, want, uh, I wanted to talk about these things this week, and I'm, I think we should wrap it up pretty soon. Absolutely. But, uh, but I wanted to talk, and I'm glad you did too. Yeah. And it just seemed like, I don't know, serendipitous. Sure. And we both kind of wanted to, to, yeah. to talk about these things. And I wanted to reference, you know, the things that we referenced, and I think that's great. But also I wanted to, uh, I wanted to um, hopefully if you can, uh, you can and I can and, and the mm-hmm. people listening, um, draw draw within uh, God uh, some encouragement because we're going to need it. Yep. God loves us right now, mm-hmm. even when we feel discouraged. Yep. You know, even when we feel as exhausted. Yeah. And perplexed and confused. And why is this happening? Yeah. Why now? After all this, you'd think people would know better. You'd think I would know better. Yeah. Um. You know, uh, draw from. We, we hope to draw uh, strength uh, from our belief and our faith mm-hmm. to encourage us. And I'd like to lead us out in prayer. Right Absolutely. Now. And, and, and Heavenly Father, thank you once again for letting us get together and talk about your word every week. We try to. Uh, sometimes we don't make it, but <laughs> this week we did. And uh, through fellowship and love and respect for ourselves and love for you and our fellow men. Let us go forth this week and do good works in our mind, hearts, and our bodies, and our actions to do the good works that you have planned for us to do. In Jesus' name, we love you and praise you. Amen. Amen. All right, that's a good one. And here is my blurb. Faith is a podcast open to anyone. You may not believe at all. You may be Muslim, Jewish, agnostic, or atheist. You may have had a horrible experience in the church which have made you turn your back to God you can still have faith. We ask that you listen to this podcast, even challenge us on Facebook, SoundCloud, Instagram, uh, Twitter. I'm at Reg Space Clay. You can find Deb Calgary at DL Carragher. Uh, Craig, we're still trying to get him on uh, social media, but that's uh, been difficult. But you can also reach all of us on uh, Facebook, our personal Facebook account. And also, uh, we have a You Gotta Have Faith Facebook page. So you can always um, let us know how, what you think of the podcast on there. Um, Don't feel alienated because we speak of what we believe. The Bible has been around for thousands of years, and even now, in the age of the Internet and social media and great technology, it still has a message for all of us. You can listen to this podcast where you're listening to it now, but just tell your friends on the Apple Podcast app or really any app that you use to listen to podcasts or on iTunes if you're one of those who listen to your uh, your podcasts on a desktop or a laptop. You can just open up your iTunes app, click on store, go on the search engine on the upper right-hand side, and search for You Gotta Have Faith, and you'll find us. If you use Android, download SoundCloud or just go on SoundCloud.com. Search for us, and you'll find us. Thank you for listening, and God bless each and every one of you. Oh, 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 oh